Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with narrator Terry Clark Linden. Terry, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Viviana. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm not just blowing smoke saying that. <laughs> I'm it's like really nice to as in person as we can, um, you know, to hear your voice and be able to have a conversation. So thank yeah. you for having me. Well, thank you. The the checks in the mail. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this chat and getting to know you a lot better. And why don't we start actually with telling for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started. Okay. So let's see about myself. I have a, uh, an actor's uh, performative personality. So I knew from a very early age that this was something for me. Acting is what led me into audiobook narrating. I grew up in Michigan after my dad moved to the Detroit area in the 70s for work from Ohio. I was born in Dayton. I'm actually back here in Ohio. I've, I've lived here with my husband of 21 years and our son, who's going to be a senior. He just turned 17 uh, this week. We live in a town called Yellow Springs, which people might have heard of if they are fans of the comedian Dave Chappelle, because he always talks about it in his stand up and, and in interviews. He lives here. He, he grew up here and our kids went to school together. And it's uh, somewhere between Dayton and Columbus, um, just kind of, you know, Southwest Ohio. But it's a really nice historic town. And it's very, I, I like to <laughs> when I describe it to people. I say, I thought I was I thought I was really um, not that conservative minded until I moved to Yellow Springs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I actually have a little bit more conservative mindedness than I thought I had. I was, I was like, because <laughs> I, I always consider myself a liberal, which I am. Um, but it's just like, oh, okay, wow, like that's liberal. Um, <laughs> but it's a really inclusive um, historical, it's just, it's a nice, uh, place to be. And I, I wanted to move here when my husband, when we moved here from the Detroit area for his job, I wanted to raise my son, Sam somewhere that was to me kind of more reflection of, you know, uh, society culture, you know, thinking New York and Chicago, where I lived for 10 years um, and in Detroit. And so, you know, it's, it's been great. It's been really great being here. And um, when I was in the Detroit area, I was doing a lot of theater and then, you know, all the film commercial stuff, not, not so much film then, but a lot of commercial, a lot of voice stuff. I did a lot of voiceover work um, and Brilliance Audio, this is part of the late 2000s, Brilliance Audio, they're in Grand Haven, which is about a two and a half hour drive. Um, so I, this is like, it's so interesting what audiobooks were even, you know, what would that be? Not even 15 years ago now. Um, I, one day, uh, got an email from Laura Grafton, who's since retired. She was their casting person. Um, and it had a synopsis of a book. It was a Debbie McComer book. It was two of them, um, two Debbie McComer books and, you know, and like the rate and the, 
uh, synopsis. And do you want to come to the studios and do these? And I was like, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> so, um, and, and that actually, that it took a while to kind of get in with them because um, I know there was an audition, like one of the, I wish I could remember his name now. It was Mel. It was Mel something. Oh, he's been narrating for a long time too. Anyway, he, he was asked to put together a list of Detroit um, actors and then, you know, so they could audition. So when someone from the studio came and uh, Colleen Rocky, who was the, the head of everything back then, she came and she um, did an audition at a studio where we just brought in stuff that we were going to read. Well, I did that. Nothing happened. Um, my friend, Dan John Miller, who's a wonderful actor narrator, and he'd narrated for brilliance. Um, he championed me in an email to Laura, um, you know, meet me, Tara. It's like what we do for each other, right? You know, oh, let me get to, let me know. So he did that for me. And again, this is like 2007, 2008, uh, heard nothing. Dan and I are talking. We were, you know, a little bit later and he's like, did you ever hear anything? No. So he did it again. I mean, it probably took about six months, six months to a year, but then I just get this email. So I went to the studios and they put me up in a hotel and Grand Haven is this wonderful, um, we call it up North Michigan, but it's really on Lake Michigan, um, you know, on the West side of the state um, resort town. And uh, it's, you know, I, I'd gone, gone there as a kid, um, stayed overnight there, gone with my parents, you know, and up and down the coast and then all over Michigan. People talk about, oh, going up north, going up north, cottages, renting cottages or people have cottages. And so it's one of these places. Um, and so I, I, I probably went there for the next, oh my gosh, maybe, I'm trying to think when I got my studio, at least a solid five, six years. Wow. Several times a year, they would bring me in. And, and I became, as like Laura Grafton said, I was the poster child for daycare <laughs> because my husband traveled so much. So I was always bringing Sam with me. And so I would, <laughs> I'd, you know, get up, you know, working mom, take him to the daycare, go into the studios, go pick Sam up. And then we'd go to the beach and we'd just play on the beach. It was idyllic. <laughs> it was like the best job traveling I ever had. I loved it. And, and so even though I had had experience as an actress and I went to college for acting and would be in theater from Chicago, Chicago, um, Roosevelt university in Chicago. And I've done all kinds of training for voice and um, Shakespeare. And um, I've even coached, I had my own voiceover coaching business in Detroit before we moved here Um working with people in LA and New York, Chicago, like Pat Fraley, hosting them to come to Detroit and, and do their work for a weekend, like a weekend event, weekend workshop. So, I mean, I've, I've had a whole experience, you know, with that, but there was nothing that was like, okay. And for audiobook work, this is what you have to do. Like there's people making money hand over fist, writing books about it let me train you, blah, 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 blah. And really <laughs> it's, um, it, you know, it's, if you have training in other areas of the performance arts, you know, if, if you know how to work a microphone, if you know how to, um, you know, posture yourself and warm your voice up and manipulate your voice and, you know, you know, your diaphragm muscle, breath control, and you can sit for extended periods of time 
you know, and, you know, it depends if you're working on by yourself or with directors live, like, you know, Penguin Random House, they like to, to direct you, um, you know, can you take direction? Can you, you know, self-direct? But if you have all this, it's, it's just natural. It just, it pop, it's natural. I mean, this is, this is, but they would FedEx a script and you, you, you put it in front of you and you're sliding pages over one at a time quietly. So the mic doesn't pick them up. And I mean, the, the discipline of working at the time in Brilliance Audio, I'd have an engineer and I would have a director on the other side of the glass where all I had to do was perform. And it wasn't, and it was more, it was somewhere in between, like, if you listen to old school audiobooks, like Master and Commander, I think that's the early 90s, you know, the old school stuff, you know, it's like, there, there's that. And then there was like Harry Potter, a little more performative, right? Like, you know, there's, there's like the old school where it was just like, I'm reading you a story. It's less performance. Like I remember when Brilliance Audio would say, You're, you do your end credits and it was narrated by, and then at some point they changed it to performed by, you know, at some point it's morphed into this whole um, performing industry. It's just, it's really changed, you know, but that's, that's, that's the short version. That's how <laughs> <I get. laughs> just wind me up. And I have had like no caffeine. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, so it just, it's always been an extension of my, my artistry, my performance based mm -hmm. career. It's, I mean, I, I was somebody when I was in Chicago who, you know, I, I would walk around with animal, you know, dressed as like Simba from the Lion King and it's a hundred degrees out for, you know, some, some like corporate event. I was like, sure, I can call this acting you know, for a paycheck. I mean, I just do anything. Hey, right. You know, Money's money. Of, yeah. As a paycheck. And so this was always just like voiceover and print work and whatever stage, commercial, industrial film. Um, you know, it was, it was always just one more aspect of, of acting for me. Um, mm. And what it morphed into personally for me, that's that my booth which i got in 2012 that was a whole other that was a whole other thing it was still before things sort of went Oof, in the yep. audiobook but um you know it it especially now you know what we've seen because of the pandemic and everything um the work has sustained me um you know the the income has been sustaining and the sag aftra health insurance you know all of that it's just nice to have that consistent, especially living in a small market where I live as a union performer. It's, um, you know, I, I always have to go out to get work pretty much. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting as far as career wise, because it's also, you know, there's a little bit of that scary factor of jumping off the cliff and committing yourself to do it because it's freelancing and freelancing is just a fancy word for project work in a sense of <sighs> it has a start a middle and an end yeah and, yeah, you know yeah. that's what it is and you're literally you know going from project to project and when you're at first starting out sometimes there could be significantly more time in between each project mm -hmm. and you become a master accountant on how to make that dollar last mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you'll run into it's months where you're so back to back that you're going, I can't keep this up. And then your internal voice is saying, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. know when it's going to happen again. Uh, and yeah. you've been doing it for so long now yeah. that you've seen how that yeah, has I've been in it forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, you started when you were five. And uh <laughs> yeah, basically that that's just that's just around the house. Yeah. <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. I yeah. yeah, I mean when I was in my first play when I was 14 and that was it. That's when I knew I wanted to be like I knew, oh, I want to be an actress. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do for a living. Yeah. So that even yeah. the while there has been very many, many negative um repercussions of this pandemic, I think that a lot of people have realized that working from home does work in many you know situations including corporate even though they don't still like it but whatever but also the ability to for those performers that were doing stage acting in theater and tv to be able to go oh i can do this from home and just worry about my voice and i can do it in pjs and uh, some of you i know naked so anyways (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah um yeah it's like a running joke with some of them it's hilarious um (laughs) but yeah it it becomes that nature of having something that you can do that you love it's just having a little bit of different formats right no yeah do you find it that um a little more difficult or easier to perform considering it's just your voice gosh that's a good question um no i don't i don't think it's it's any different or there's any um, more difficulty performing like just behind a microphone. It's just me using my voice um, with no one else around than like being on stage or um, it's, it's just different. It's just different. And, and the, I think the biggest difference, you know, when I'm thinking about what I'm compartmentalizing and I'm thinking about, you know, working, working in theater, live theater, working on a film and working in audiobook um, by myself, there's, there's no director. Like I'm the director. That's probably, that's probably the most different. And I guess if, if it would be difficult aspect of it, it's really trusting my instincts at this point, not second guessing my choices. Um, and knowing that it's okay if if I turn something in, I don't know if it's ever happened, but you know that that knowing somebody could come back and say, "Hey, that that was too broad a choice," or could you could you give so and so a different voice, um, and then having to go back and you know re-record or something. But you know, for the most part, um, it's it's just a different it's just a different medium. You know, it's just I'm I'm wearing all the hats. And then there's the whole, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't find, I don't find a time management um, a problem. Like I'm, I'm really good at, you know, if anything, it's, it's the other way around. It's like, okay, I got to jump in the booth. <laughs> like I've got to go do this now, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll go and then I'll like, okay, you know, let's just, we're just, we're not coming out until, you know, you have to pee or you're going to knock out, you're going to go straight 90 minutes, go pee, come back another straight 90 minutes. You know, it's, it's that. Um, and I'm, and I'm fine. You know, it seems giving myself time to get everything else done. Like if I'm sitting a long time, then I'll just get up and I'll vacuum. Um, you know, or if I have a phone call with somebody, I'll sit on the exercise bike or I'll walk around the house or walk outside, walk the dog while I'm, I'm on the phone. Um, 
because okay that yeah that i suppose is is a little difficult that's probably a one of the other challenges is being so sedentary and just worrying especially as i get older how oh, that's yeah. affecting my body you know so just always trying to get up and move around yeah people think you know and i remember the younger me as far as even my friends like i can't wait to get a job where i don't have to worry about walking around and sitting and now i i, I work in an office situation where i'm sitting all the time and i'm going oh my butt hurts i gotta get up you yeah know? <laughs> thank you for yes thank you it's true yeah it's true yeah um and that's i didn't anticipate that you know um you know i didn't i didn't i didn't think that was going to be a thing that like you know driving long distance or you know, sitting on a long flight or something that, you know, my hips would start like, Oh, I, I need to move around. I need to shift. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. When you stand up, that aging. whole things are cracking and going out. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember when my, I was really close to my grandmother and she's been gone almost 20 years, but mm. um, Nana. And I remember like, and I must've been in my early thirties, late twenties, early thirties. I remember saying something to her, like, you know, like, I just, I was like looking in the mirror and like, it's like my butt was just like, it's like not in the same place it used to be. And she goes, that's gravity, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, gravity and I are really good friends now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, like, we're super good friends. Yeah, I have, um, you know, a little reminders. I've had to put little sticky notes on my monitor and I also have like Laura, my, my trainer in my head about, all right, Viv, you've been sitting there for an hour and a half, move your arse. And it's literally not figuratively uh, <laughs> yeah, right. go stretch and things like that. And it, it's just one of those things that you sometimes don't stop to consider when it comes down to the job that you're doing. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, yeah. so that's just good self-care, you know, yeah. to write yourself a note to like doing that. So I thought you could listen to that. I'm working on it. I'm it up and I don't see that. Yeah. yeah. I'm a work in progress. Laura says it's okay to admit that it's okay <laughs> i think we're all work in progress yeah all work in progress Absolutely. progresses yeah Absolutely. i think we are yeah Definitely. i mean it, and, and things ebb and evolve i mean a few years ago the whole thing of a standing desk wasn't even around so yeah um you know things change and that's inclusive of the audiobook process i mean i'm sure that when you got that first audition and you got cast in that book for that book and you did your prep work how you did it then versus how you do it now should have changed a bit, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I used to prep. Well, you know, I just had the sheets. I just had the pages. Yeah. And the prep was still the same as far as, um, you know, who who were the people, who were the players here? And and then highlighting, making sure, like, who's talking? I've noted, like, who's, who's ties I come up? So I'm not just, just like, um, you know, and mom said, go to the, he said, Oh, you know, so it's not, so, and, you know, of course reading it, um, reading it and noting, you know, all of that. And now I, I just work like so many do, um, with I annotate and I just, you know, and so I'm just marking it up that way, um, and highlighting characters. And then I use a spreadsheet, um, you know, on numbers to track everything. So I do a lot of series. Um, yeah. So just to track everybody and, the voices and oh here's that person again what what was my placement choice for them i usually when i think of characters especially when i read i think i've always done this 
but it's always helped an audiobook. Like I'll read and I'll be like, oh, you know, oh, she reminds me of like Alice and Janney doing um, CJ Craig on West Wing. And so then my mm-hmm. like I, idea of, of that, that character's attitude and voice placement, you know, and so when I'm doing them, I'm always thinking about Alice and Janney as CJ Craig. And, you know, and that's, that's how I'll work. So then I'll, that'll be a note, you know, is I'll just be like CJ, like, and I'll be like, oh, it's that voice. Oh, it's this voice, you know, yeah, this attitude. That's a lot of something that a lot of them, a lot of you guys as narrators have said about casting the, the, your voices mm-hmm. and then casting those into the characters of the book. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how you, re- you know, can realize where you're going to, but also, I mean, especially with series. It seems mm-hmm. like authors love to put everybody at the table for a dinner party. Yes. Uh, Ruth Cardello <laughs> loves to do that. And her very good friend, Melody Ann, um, who also writes wonderful romance. I narrate for both of them and I have for years. They, and I just know it. I just like, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to get ready to narrate. I think it's book 11, book 11 in one of Ruth's series. Um uh, and, and it was Barrington billionaires. And, uh, and I, I'm just waiting, like I was reading it, you know, and I'm just, and I'm just like, yep, here it comes. You know, it's like <laughs> the whole family reunion, here comes everybody, you know, everybody's in there, all the old characters, all the new characters, but that's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. It's like, you know, having a literally like a reunion for yourself, but at yeah. the same time, it's one of those like, okay, today is going to be that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and it's fun. I, I remember yeah. I did this this book a long time ago, um, one of the Aunt Dimity series, and it was set in Scotland. And I had, I think it was five or six senior citizen males, and they were all Scottish in a conversation. I was like, that's fun, because that's not one of my strongest accents without really like going over the top, you know, and then so to have to really work on, um, you know, where I'm placing the voice and the voice texture and the attitude and, you know, and then trying to do like Scottish so you can actually understand. So it doesn't become about like this bad accent. It's just like the flavor of it. So you can actually understand what's being said. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's yeah. stuff I narrated a long time ago. I wish I could go back and narrate because it's just, I think, I just think I've gotten better, you know? Oh, yeah. It's a, like with any skill set, whether you're a chef and your knife skills or, you know, an auto mechanic and changing the oil and you learn tips and tricks along the way. You learn how you yourself interact with the tools mm-hmm. and the timing of everything. And there's and between also technology changes between when you started and now. So of course there's so many different factors. Um but also it, it you know saying hey I started is a huge thing because how many people out there have thought about doing something? Um, whether it's a career choice, whether it's a new hobby, whether it's doing just some photo shoots or whatever for fun. And we're scared to do it. We don't take that. We don't take that plunge. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so I, and it's, you know, even with career stuff, sometimes it it becomes organic that you started in one thing and now you're in this career, but you, there was a a ladder that kind of took you there. In mm-hmm. a lot of cases, you guys just literally jumped into the lake and <laughs> and just said, yeah, this it was. Is where I'm at. It you was. I, I was really, though, I was really brought along um, mm-hmm. by Brilliance Audio. 
I mean, they, I, I remember when I got there, there was, they had this, um, I don't know if it was like a timeline, I think something on, on one of their hallway walls. And it would, it shows like from when they open their doors and then it goes all the way through. And then it was like the day that they stopped, um, cassette production. I remember that. And they were just doing CDs and then stuff started to go on to MP3s. Um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's like, I, oh, and then you were just working with an engineer. Um, I mean, I can, I can remember when Amazon, um, bought them because, because we, I was, I was there when they had a big fire drill. And we all went outside and they had these, these tumblers, these Amazon tumblers that Amazon didn't get everybody and they gave me one. This, that was why, because, you know, it was like, just, but just to like go, oh, okay. You know, but they, they really um, helped me with the discipline. You know, you say like things happen for a reason, um, you know, and the choices you make. Right. And, and so I, we had just moved here because you were talking about like, we're talking about, we want to like go back and be able to like do stuff that we wish we could, we did then we could known better. We could do it better. We could do it over. Um, so we had just moved here to Ohio and it was maybe a year later, it was about 2012. And my agent in New York sent me an audition and it was for audible and audible was looking for people to um, record audiobooks from their homes um, now I had a very basic studio setup because I was doing voiceover auditions, mostly just auditions from a New York agent from home. You know, I had a, my closet, it was typical closet setup, you know, quilts, pillows, trifold screen. Um, and I was not on Mac yet. And I was, it was audacity. It was, it was Dell, um, you know, just a little pre-mobile amplifier. I mean, just very basic. I was like, sure, I'll audition. And so I, I took um, a page from something I had done, a, a young adult called, um, uh, God, what the hell is it called? <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> like, what the hell was it? Um, so anyway, I, I did my audition. And then the next thing I knew, my agent said, okay, well, they want to hire you for a nine-week contract. And they're going to send you a list of, you know, books and down, you know, whatever downloads. So you can download the, the files and, you know, and they're going to, and they were paying a substantial amount of money. I mean, it's, it's the most money I've ever made on like a single contract. Mm -hmm. And it was like, here's a list of 21 books, see how many you can get done in nine weeks. Damn. And they required three per finished hours a day. So that's six hours for me. Cause it's literally, you know, right. And, and then I had to, you know, send all my stuff off to, you know, for QC and then I would get the QC back and I would be doing that in the evening. So it was a lot of work. Um, I got three of these contracts back to back. Oh, wow. So I narrated, I think 53, 54 books for audible in a very short time. Hmm. And what I found was it was uh, later, like, I was like, oh, because some of them would come and they would be just scans of books. So there was this backlog of books that they were getting on, on, on contract. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, and I was like, this is great. Oh, what a career. You know, do you know, I have never done another book directly for Audible again. Times have changed. <laughs> did, I, did I do such a shitty ass job? <laughs> 74 no. titles, like so absolutely shitty. 
Um, and I mean, I've, I've met producers through, you know, various whatever speed dating, APA events, you know, all of that, or, you know, that's voiceover in LA. Oh, I have an audition for you right now. Great. You know, it's nice to see you again. Um, never hired me again, but I want to, you know, that's okay. I mean, I tell people, I tell people all the time in this business, people like who are just, cause I, I do mentoring. I don't offer it out there in the ethers, but people fall in my lap. And then I'll say, if you want, I can help you out or I could help you with this. And um, the way I tell people is, you know, number one, do not compare yourself to anyone. Cause if I could, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't compare myself to boo, no one. Okay. You are you, you are, you, there's nobody that's you, right. You know, I mean, you can say, oh yeah, you know, she's a such and such like voice. Yeah. Great. Well, it's not, it's not your voice. It's not you. It's not your personality. It's not your essence. You know, don't compare yourself. And the other thing is you don't need everybody who does casting and hiring, right. To have a relationship with and, you know, to know you. All you need is a small pocket of people that you develop relationships work where it's like the restaurant business, you know, it's on the, it's on the comeback. And I feel very fortunate now, but it's also, you know, a result of, of me putting forth my best professional self and work and myself, my personality and having patience, right. Patience and persistence. Um, you know, I've got a nice little pocket of people who, have faith and support in my work and they have for years and they come to me and they give me opportunities, you know, and that's, and that's what it is. So audible was great because audible bought my booth, audible bought my pro tools, audible bought my Mac, audible bought my training, you know, you know, because it I was served its purpose, right? Served its purpose. And I am very grateful. Um, and I'm, and I've got those, I've got the credits too, you know, which is nice, but there are books that, you know, I tell you something, I wish I could just go back. And so what, you know, let me, what happened was I was, I thought, you know, here's me, I'm talking about like trusting yourself, you know, and this was only, I mean, I was old enough to know. I would have been in my early, early forties, mid forties, maybe early forties, something, you know, young son, he's in school working during the day, love and life. And, you know, this is when I was in my, in the booth, in the booth closet on the ground floor of the house. So picked up everything. I just shut the house off because otherwise the house would come on, go off, come on. <laughs> so I, shut, I call it, shut the house down when I'm working. Um, and so then I would send my stuff off, you know, at night. And then I would get the QC back. Well, my QC was coming back. And I'm telling you, sometimes it was like a hundred. And I'm like, this can't be right. I don't make that many mistakes. Like from what I knew, from what I was doing for brilliance, you know, in person for so many years, I'm like, I don't make, I don't make that many mistakes. And so the QC is, I was like, you know, I started looking at it. It's, it's like, okay, well in this sentence, I can't hear the D on the word and before you say the next word. And, and so, you know, now we know that there's something called performance, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and so there, there's some, there's a series. Oh, I just cringe. Um, there's a series I did and it was, and this guy, this, I found out that this was a contract engineer. So I'm thinking, okay, well, this is audible. Like if this is what they want, I'm going to give them this. Right. 
So I go back and I listen, go back to this series and it is so slow and stilted and you can hear every single, you know, and I mean, it's just lost any kind of me, right? It was all for the notes. I was just doing everything, you know, that the notes and then I find out that, you know, this, this was a, this was a contract engineer the same way I was contracted and the poor guy's system blew up. So they had to let him go. He didn't even have like, he didn't have the computer, you know, bandwidth to handle the job anymore. And they let him go and they assigned me to somebody else who was totally different. And I went, well, that's an aha moment for me because what I didn't do was question anything. You know, I didn't say, Hey, wait a minute. Um, is this right? Or can we talk to like somebody from, can we talk to a producer about this? You know, I was just like, oh, okay, well it's audible and they know what they're doing and this is what they're asking. So I'm just going to give them this. And now, you know, it's really unfortunate for the author. <laughs> it's really yeah. unfortunate that it's out there like that. But also, I mean, it's, it's again, a learning curve when you start anything new and as learning also and trusting yourself, but also yeah. now that there's so many different ways to get an audiobook out there, not just Audible. You have yeah. these different venues and different opportunities. And we're also realizing that the author now has significantly more, you know, power of sorts to kind of, oh, yeah. you know, say, hey, I want this kind of accent or I need this kind of, you know, right. role and things like that before that you should just grab the book and then lose and that was done. Right, right, right. And so the author didn't have a say in the matter or even to provide you guys with a list of characters and the oh, accents and stuff like that. Now it, everybody's come to realize um, that the narrator really likes it when the author provides them yes. with the information. Oh my and, gosh, I used to call authors. Yeah. So I was, I would, you know, Lois Smith, old, um, Dog Hotel, the children's, the children's book. Um, gosh, am I saying that right? I think so. Um, people are going to think I'm such an idiot. Listen, I've been ill, folks. Yes. <laughs> yes. coming out of a fog. <laughs> so, <laughs> forgive me for not remembering. Oh, um, I'm sorry. The, the, the expectations of you being human <laughs> is like, not I supposed to be. my middle name. Um, anyway, yeah, I think it's, I think it's dog hotel there was like a movie a cartoon movie made out of it that she's a wonderful so i narrated i was given this book to narrate of hers it's a memoir and it's called who killed my daughter this woman's daughter in california she was kidnapped mm -hmm. and they never found and killed and they never found her murderer and she thinks it's the vietnamese that there's a vietnamese gang or mob or something and so this this and so i'm tasked right with with i'm like this is a really important story this is, and this woman's alive. This is her daughter. So like, I'm like, can I have her phone number? You know? So, yeah. You know, so I'm like, I was talking to Lois Smith on the phone, um, you know, and, and then I, mean, I remember I talked to this one woman whose, whose father is a, um, she wrote uh, Malamond. Oh, is that his, I think that's his name, Bernard Malamond. He's a, he's a pretty prestigious 20th century American writer. And his daughter wrote a biography about him. And, you know, and that's where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to talk to this woman and I'm, here's me, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's that whole East coast, New York literary circle of genius. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I'm just 
just, you know, and I don't want to sound like an idiot. But it's good that they were giving you that information because many yeah. of the, the narratives that I've spoken with and even the authors, they would say that once they got the book, the book, whether, you know, it was the narrator or the stuff like that, that that was it. There was no communication with the author. Um, even with the, the big f- f- publishing houses, there was always a publicist that would kind of be more going back and forth. And mm-hmm. sometimes things got lost in translation. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like realtors. They don't want the buyers and the sellers to meet. Yeah. And, and, and now, yes. And now it's like, here's my number. Here are my, my, my handles for social media. Here's my mm-hmm. email. You need something. Let me know. And, uh, and vice versa. Because yeah, so- we're all trying to serve the story. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. You know, to me, I'm, I'm just trying to best serve the author's voice. Like, that's it. Like if I'm on stage, I'm just trying to help serve the story. You know, it's all serving the story, serving the story. My, what's my piece? What's my part um, of the big production? You know, it's, it's, it's not, I'm just a piece. You know, so the more that there's collaboration, I, I tell people all the time, I love the ensemble stuff. You know, I like jumping in the booth just for a, sh- uh, you know, short amount of time um, and then being credited with a bunch of people, you know, and, and see how it all comes together on an ensemble piece. I really like that collaboration. Those are becoming more and more popular in the romance genre as far as multicasts. Mm-hmm. And it's been nice to kind of have that variety and even the style of the writing um, as some of them have been more play-like as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. have always been fun to hear. But I'm also the the girl that will, would be totally fine with a solo narration so long as you do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's interesting because like, again, I'll bring up Ruth Cardello. Um, you know, and she... You know, the chapters, I think Melanie Ann too, they, they do go back and forth between, you know, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Um, and, and to me, that's not daunting because that's how I started, you know, and it's just, to me, it's just an attitude shift. You know, if it's in that first person, even if it's in the third person, it's just an attitudinal shift, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, uh, but yeah, that, you know, we're talking about the indie thing and of course, Pink Flamingo, right? Like, it's like, yeah, you know, thank goodness um, for Pink Flamingo and, and Sarah Puckett and the opportunity for authors and narrators to work together, um, you know, and find each other and um, to have the collaboration that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a really interesting in the past maybe four or five years where a lot of the narrators have been producing the books themselves as far as that you know interaction where they're you know the author would go straight to the narrator and say hey I want you and how does production work and they'll like oh, I'll take care of it I know that Emma Wild just ha- has done stuff like that to then creating like Pink Flamingo creating the uh you know lyric audio and all that other, other ones yeah, that have the yeah. production companies and even and now, audio like, flow audio flow yeah and Jacques, um, Jacques. yeah Jacques See, and that's different too because she wasn't a narrator where Mm -hmm. you know but she had a love of books there's also like the audiobook empire that's another one that it's fantastic Mm -hmm. on getting things like that in that there's so many different venues now where an author can have the conversation with someone and know the process and Mm -hmm. figure out if they want to have it single narration you know dual duet or multicast and what does that look like and Mm -hmm. 
even the writing style has of, of some of the authors has changed knowing it's going to go into audio just for the flow aspect of it too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's been fantastic and so as much as with any you know any kind of industry things have gotten really good as far as the technology and but as far as the members and there's still all these awesome fantastic up-and-coming narrators mm-hmm. that are just phenomenal and i'm just waiting for them to explode and become the next hot thing out there and and just have that continued trajectory of enjoying what they're doing as a listener but also knowing that they're happy what they're doing it's just so much fun yeah well and you know new narrators who i mean gosh you know again going back to when i first started Mm -hmm. um you know pegging me to do debbie mccomber but i mean my identity is straight beyond middle-aged white woman you know, you know, just, just cracking that box wide open, you know, and I, so the audiobook publishers association uh, for a couple of years, I've been working with their uh, diversity, equity, inclusivity, DEI mm-hmm. outreach, um, specifically in a mentorship program, co-chaired it for a couple of years with narrator Ron Butler. Oh, I, yes. He's awesome. And we, yeah, he's, 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 I'm proud to call him a friend. Um, and, and, uh, they're going into their, I think, fifth round of mentor-mentee pairings. Um, I think there's three pairings a year. Um, but we, we basically working with uh, producers and narrators, um, worked with, you know, Macmillan and Penguin Random House and then volunteer narrators like myself, um, using Macmillan Audio's in-house uh, mentorship program as a guide, created this um, this program where experienced narrators can help, um, new people, you know, who, who want to be narrators. Um, and it's not just pairing them, you know, by experience. Um, there's like a whole survey, a whole process and it's, it's by their, their identifiers and their comfort level. Like, do you, do you, is it really important to you to be paired with somebody who identifies similarly to you, you know, and how many books from, zero to whatever. Um, but it's, it's just been really wonderful. Um, and through scholarships, because you have to be a member of the APA, but through scholarships, then many of these people come in for scholarship memberships for a year. And they're, they're really, you know, we're, it just, it's, it's just, it's just such a, a, a stepping, it's a, such a small pebble. You yeah, know, yeah. I, cause I think we're basically, we're working from the ground up where I think, you know, it, the people who own companies and who make acquisitions to write yeah. are, um, you know, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, it's like it, you do what you can. Yeah. I think it's one of those where with traditional corporate worlds, you have a certain level of, you know, generational thing going on in the higher up ends of things and they're Mm -hmm. really stubborn when it comes down to change and sometimes we have to start from the ground up and i think that the audiobook industry is doing a really great job of moving that you know stepping stone out more and getting Mm -hmm. more stones and stuff like that to be able to have that diversion inclusion and just have open dialogue i think is huge Mm -hmm. and for authors yes yeah. You know, and for authors yeah. to feel and have that um, saying, this is, you know, I love you. You're great, Terry, but my character is African-American. So we need to find an African-American narrator and so on and so forth. And and that they feel 
comfortable because they should have from the very beginning, but again, and that's another conversation um, <laughs> that they feel that they can now say stuff like that. And that the narrators could also say, Hey, I would love to do your book, but I realize that your, your character is Latina. I know mm-hmm. this girl over here who exactly. is a great narrator that's and she's Latina about, right? and she's all this other stuff and so yeah. on and so forth. And, and that's where I think the dialogue that it's happening is fantastic. Right. Um, right. Um, and- I, had a, I had a conversation like this um, in one of our, I think it was one of our like volunteer meetings um, with Diti Gupta, right? And she, you know, and she's like, I want to do romance, you know, and it, and it, and it's, and, and it, it's like, you know, that's, but it's what I think of. I'm like, oh yeah, like why, you know, even though the characters, you know, are written from a white woman's perspective that you as, as, you know, with a white audience are reading it or me as a white person reading this and I don't even think about the skin color. Well, why can't, why can't somebody who's non-white narrate that? Um, and because, you know, and until the playing field is equal, which it's not, you know, that's, it's like, a, like a, well, why can't you narrate Terry McMillan then? Because um, I'm already narrating, you know, the majority of what's out there or because that's not my authentic lived experience, you know? And why wouldn't you want someone who, I, I was just offered an audition. I didn't get it, but I was offered an audition. I did my first book for Greenleaf. It was a business book. And so then I was offered another audition and it was all about uh, finances, financial stuff. And I went, you know, I had, a, I had a life in this. I had like five years where I was managing mutual funds and trading in an investment, um, third-party investment company in Michigan. I was like, oh, I know you have that on your profile. I was like, oh, well, good for me. somebody read it you know but I thought why wouldn't you want somebody with the experience yeah yeah because it's like it's it's just it's going to be interesting to me as I read it and so I'm going to make it interesting for you I don't have to work as hard you know there's going to be terms and stuff that comes up that I'm going to be like oh yeah I you know that come up that I I'm like oh yeah I know I don't have to work to learn how to pronounce it's just it's lived experience yeah it makes sense to me and it's also about the inclusivity and the diversity and bringing someone else in and sharing the cake. <laughs> sharing like the say. cake. Yeah. You know, sharing and- the fruit from the trees. You yeah. Know? I don't know if you know, we probably do, but um, Tova Ott, uh, you know, Lacey Laurel. Yep. I know her. Yep. Tova. Awesome. Um, and uh, who else? Um, Vikas. Because Adams. Yep. That right? Adam. Yep. Yeah. Adam. And I can't remember, maybe it's just us, but we're going to be sitting on a, a panel during Allure. Yeah. We haven't brought up Allure yet. I'm bringing yeah. up Allure. No, Allure. yeah, we're done. It's great. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. And it's basically, it's, it's just, it's for authors or anybody who wants to attend, but you know, it's just gonna be like a round table, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be there to support and chime in or, you know, just, just anything like probably things I've talked about just now that have come up because I do not fancy myself an expert in anything. Um, continuing to learn, you know, just learn as much as I can about my own identity and, you know, seeing things through a different lens. Um, then I, I didn't know I even had, you know, it's, oh, it's absolutely. Like, oh, I have, I have all these other, I didn't know I had this other lens over here. Let me put this. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. what really happened. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I've been thinking. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just, that's, that's also one of the things that, that, 
when that came up, um, I was like, oh, I'd really like to help with this. Um, you know, and I'm really, I'm really uh, impressed that Allure is having um, that opportunity for people just to like say, oh, okay, well, I've got a question or, you know, and, and authors I'm sure nowadays, well, how do I describe people? You know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, you gotta be so careful, you know, but I'm just like, you just have to ask questions. Yeah. And I think it's just having the conversation you know. is, is, is the, the first biggest important step. And yeah. you had brought up a lore and uh, there's so many things happening. Is this going to be your first uh, um, convention that you're doing an actual signing? Because it's it being its first yeah. event ever of its kind in that it's specifically for audiobooks. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've never done anything like this before. So mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, it's like, put your fears away. Check your ego. Just go have fun. Yeah, I think I mentioned before um, we started talking. Um, yeah, I, I was in Chicago about 10 years. I went to school there at Roosevelt University. And my earliest acting, all my early acting and training, everything was Chicago. Um, And I took my son, I took him a few years, I took him actually the year before COVID. So it was like maybe summer 2018. Um, I went in for something, some casting, and I brought my son and took him to a Sox game. Uh, And I was like, wow, it just, it's like, it still feels like Chicago, but it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. So, I haven't been there for a while. It's been a couple of years. There was a RT book lovers convention. So it was romance, you know, romance times was a magazine and it was the book lovers convention. And I went there years ago all by myself and my best friend at the time. Um, and we got on the bus, went to the stadium where the the, the, the players are and stuff like that. Looked outside around a little bit because the game had just finished and we got back on the bus and we came back. <laughs> <laughs> very busy very a lot of people yes it was a lot, a of, lot people. of people a lot and, of people yeah so it'll be interesting to see it the city now again with the different lenses right yes figurative and literally uh because I wear glasses and uh and just kind of getting to meet everyone that's going there meeting you meeting some of the other attend- yeah, you know, attendees and really authors nice. and and yeah. sitting in some of those panels as a, you know, as a panelist, like I'll be doing the marketing one, but also as a listener. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And things like that. And having yeah. those conversations of how we can continue to improve everything from the process to the communications to casting and all the other funds, but also have fun. Just with fun. Yeah. People, you know, there's a and- lot of fun stuff planned. I just got asked to be a part of a scavenger hunt. Oh, nice. I was like, what's that? What am I doing? You know? And yeah, that's just, an added really thing they just did recently. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. well, I'll play. I'll do that. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've got, you know, the the speakeasy Friday night, the little bar, you know, and then the ball. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the Fire Nice Gala. Yeah. Identical. You got your outfit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think right now everybody's like, I don't know what to wear. And I'm like, whatever it is, just make sure you have comfy shoes. Okay. Um, oh, I'm wearing sneakers. I'm yeah. wearing some of my, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have probably like my Stella McCartney kicks on or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing, <laughs> it's going to be a nice formal dress with some sneakers. Totally <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm really <laughs> contemplating that because I, um, as much as I, I, I love the concept of the dressing up, the fact that I am going to be the, the host of the red carpet and talking to you guys and standing yeah. up in a walking area, I'm going, 
I maybe if I buy a cute set of sneakers. Yeah, you, with you need some dress. nice trainers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then I'll I'll see you to be like, you got your trainers on? I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah, we, look at that. <laughs> Show that. Yeah, and the off. Palmer House is just we used to you liked history, so yeah, I do like the Palmer House. I know. Yeah, I'm not staying there, um, but I will be hanging out a lot there. Um, and it's uh, such a such an old building. And I remember, yeah. I think, walking by the first time I went and just looking on the outside. That was something, too, from Chicago's perspective. I was constantly looking out and up because there's such details mm-hmm. in the buildings, architects. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, there's a guard girl up there. And, ooh, look at the lines. And is that a window or a door? Either way. <laughs> you know, uh- <laughs> that stuff should be in the scavenger hunt. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah find the gargoyle in the green uh, you know and um but yeah it's one of those events that i i'm looking really forward to i, I know a lot of people of us are a little nervous because we haven't peopled in a long time yeah but at the yeah. same time excited because we get to people so it's like a weird double-edged sort of source and stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah it's gonna be I'm fun excited. there's gonna be so much things going on there and meeting people and just getting to connect with you guys and continue to have the conversations there that I'm sure if you haven't listened to this yet, you know, have that say, Hey, I, I love that when you do this accent and what's your favorite and all that other fun stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were actually fun. was bringing up the accents a little bit ago. What is your favorite to perform? <gasps> oh, favorite accents. Um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) uh, probably probably anything uh anything in the united kingdom you know i i i like i like irish i Mm -hmm. there's this guy i one of the series and you're gonna ask me like for upcoming stuff one of them is um robin james this is independent writer actually came to her i narrated the first five in her series through find a way and then she asked if she, if I would just do them independently with her and they, they were cool with that, you know? So, um, I just finished my 10th book and it's a, it's a legal thriller. Uh, Cass Leary is the, is the protagonist's name. She's a, um, she's an attorney. So it's the Cass Leary legal thriller series, but her former fiance who's tied to the Chicago Irish mob keeps popping in and out. <laughs> And I adore him. And his name is Killian Thorne. And I just adore doing his voice because I can get really, you know, just down here. I just, I just, I just love you. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, and he's, you know, and I just, he's just sexy and, you know, and he's Irish mafia sexy, just ugh, it's Killian, you know? And so, you know, I just love cast. And I just, so probably, probably that. Okay. Probably, I guess probably Irish. Mm-hmm. And you've yeah. done several different genres from children's books to cozy mysteries to, you know, romance and, and of course, business and math. Yeah. <laughs> is, yes. Ugh. Sorry. I have allergies in mathematics. Um, is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in that you'd love to? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would like to do um, like a historical biography. Um, yeah. You're talking about thinking outside the box. You know, it's like, why, why can't a woman narrate, um, uh, you know, Babe Ruth? 
you know, why can't, you know, I mean, I, I love baseball, love baseball. Um, well, you're putting it out there now. So that's good. Anybody's <laughs> writing that. Yeah. Book. You know, it's like, it's like, I, I think, you know, and I know why, of course I know why, you know, uh, times you are talk, changing you, though, so. about the listening audience. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's going to make money and do we know that person and whatever, but yeah, I would, I would really love to do, um, more, more stuff like that. Like, you know, historical or even sports. I think that would be it would be challenging. And I think it would be um, really fun. I have a history minor. Yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I love history. So it would yeah. kind of be, yeah, cool. that would be, that'd be great. Okay. And do you have a favorite currently that you've narrated as far as the genre goes? Do you prefer uh, one over another? I mean, that, that I mean, I know they're all I should awesome. be saying romance. No. <laughs> and romance and romance and romance. <laughs> funny enough no i mean it's uh, the, the amount of times cozy mystery has come up i've been like all right cool and it's okay to i mean i didn't say that you you know what you didn't like it was like which yeah. was your favorites you know yeah. we always have a favorite from cakes you know ice cream ev- to everything that everything i narrate it, it always there is there is like romance romance in it a fiction so i i um that's probably why i'm just like oh no romance because it's I mean, the, the, I just narrated this wonderful, um, that's the first one you have at Cozy Mysteries, this pet mystery series that was written in the mid 2000s um, and Find Away in Orange Sky, they're putting to audio. And so I just did the first three and I loved it. I loved it. The protagonist, you know, and there's this like romance kind of thread between her and, you know, this guy that she's, she, she's runs in, uh, she lives in LA and she runs a, no kill animal shelter. And, and so she's, you know, that somebody dies. <laughs> so, um, and of course and then, we had to figure you know, out who it was and who done it, you know, absolutely. I really like narrating just what, anything well-written. I mean, who doesn't, but things that when I'm reading them, when I'm prepping them, I look forward to continuing to read. It gets me excited to get in the booth and, and try to really serve the story with my choices. Yeah, that sounds like a fun series. I know Audible has it already up for pre-order, so I'll be including that stuff in the post. If oh, you, yeah, nice. they're out for yeah, nice. they're out for pre-order. I was like, oh yeah, those are the books I recently saw on your list, and they oh, look great. cute. And it was like, they, they really are. Where and it's nice to be able to share something like with you know, like my parents, yeah. <laughs> who, you know, like seventy-seven, eighty-three, and their dog people. And my dad was just talking today about his two hours a month he spends at the no-kill shelter in the reception oh. area, and you know, the cat socks that gets on his lap because he just wants to be touched. And my dad wrote for like 10 years. He, he was their grant writer, mm. um, you know? And so I'm just like, Hey, I'm doing this series. I think you guys would really like it. <laughs> yeah, Cause I know that I would, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's like, it's light. There's no mm-hmm. gore. There's no you know, yeah. intimate. Yeah. It's, it's cozy. Yeah. Hence the cozy mm-hmm. mystery. Yeah. Cozy I know. Mystery. That's right. Yeah. So it's great to have the different genres to have a bit of a plant, you know, palette cleanse. I know that as much as I love romance and that's also why I tend to jump genres from paranormal to a historical, to a contemporary, um, yeah. but also sometimes just getting out of the romance itself and just getting something different. It's just like, a ah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When it's, it's like just anything in our art, you know, it's yeah. different, getting different experiences, getting, you know, stretching. I mean, how many times have you, like you think about 
people like uh, like Sally Field, the actress Sally Field was, you know, started the flying nun and she'd really break the mold. People have to break the mold to, you know, look, I want it, to, it, it helps me as a, as a performer to step into other genres, other types of experiences of work, um, you know, and not just be pigeonholed, right? It's like we were, well, it's like, and we were talking about how, you know, narrators get pigeonholed into what they can do based on their last name or, you know, and it's like, no, I can, I can do other stuff, you know, or even I've, I've seen it too, where they, they've done a book or two and it's done so well. And now they've been the mafia King for 15 other thousand books and, you know, or or they're the playboy and every book that comes out with a playboy type character. And it's like, no, it's okay. You you can do something else. And they have to kind of like stretch out in there. Um, or the girl next door happens to sometimes I'm like, it's, it's good. I don't mind the girl next door, but your range is really good. You should do something. And they're like, yeah, we're working on that. I'm like, cool. So <laughs> it, it happens too, but yeah, it, it's really great that there is a, a capacity to listen and jump around and, and yeah. all different genres and get new voices and get new accents and new authors in there. So it's all that fun stuff. Oh, and I'd imagine that some people are like, Hey, I don't want to mess with a good thing. And that's fine too. Um, I worked with an actor once on a film um, and he had worked with Patrick Stewart, um, you know, Picard, Jean-Luc Picard. Right. And he, he had said, he just said how much, you know, what he got from Patrick Stewart was how much Patrick Stewart enjoyed being Jean-Luc Picard. And I think like when you, if you do look at like social media, I mean, he, he does, he did. He just, he loved, loved being, he loves being this role, you know, and here's this amazing, I mean, I've, I've seen him with the Royal Shakespeare company on stage, you know, it's just an incredible versatile, um, you know, performer and artist and, um, and that's okay. You know, it's like, if this is, if this is your jag and this is what you, you know, and you just want to do this, then, but it, you're right. It's really nice um, to have the choices and then to have the opportunities, you know, from people to come in to try different, like you'd mentioned, um, um, uh, oh, what the hell did you mention? <laughs> i don't know there's a lot it of talking really genres it was your it was your um it wasn't romance what's the other genre um that, historical fan, there's fiction cozy mysteries no that you did that you did um that i've listened to um yeah no it's it's one of those things where i've i've jumped around and i follow sometimes the narrator so like for me Using the you know Patrick Stewart's example, I discovered him as John Luc Picard, and I yeah. love the Next Generation. So yes, learning yes. that he has done movies and he's done theater, I went uh, a hunting a la Google, and you know <laughs> looked at certain things, and it's like wow, it was fantastic. It was just great to see that stretch, yeah, yeah, yeah. of the yeah. the thing, and then also kind of seeing like. The timeline. So if he did this play before he was John Luc Picard, you kind of look like, oh, she he kind of brought that character a little bit into that season or that series or that oh, you know one thing. Yeah, that's interesting. And to kind of yeah. pitch up on that, and I'm like, oh, okay. It was don't a nice you love to do. Michelle Hart? Don't you just? I just think she's the neatest person in the world. <laughs> I yeah. just think she's so cool. Oh, I know what I know what it is. Oh, it wait, was wait. a psycho, uh, uh, psych, not psycho, psych. Oh God, what the hell is that? Paranormal. 
Paranormal. And it began with a P. Yeah, yeah. paranormal mystery. I, I did. I, yeah, so I... I and some people may not even realize Schaefer. that there's a paranormal mystery genre oh, out there, right? It's, it's just <laughs> Carrie Schaefer, it's so much fun because her protagonist was a 60-year-old former FBI, you know, been shot in the leg, smoker. Her name's Marine. Really sarcastic, really just like bitter, like whatever. And I thought, God, and this is a way, and she does this. She writes, she will write, protagonists, you know, it's like the BBC, they cast women over 40, you know, women over 50, go figure to star in their series. You know, that's, that's what she does. You know, she writes more women, you know, who are older and it's nice. I wish people would write like romances for, you know, people who like second, second chances, you know, people who are like in their forties, fifties, even sixties, you know? It would, yeah, I think they're 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 getting into that place where they're going into the older characters, and so I think there's been you know heroines that are as old as shocking thirty five, and <laughs> heroes that are at that almost forty mark. <laughs> no, 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 that's <laughs> not. No. Oh, I, I know, ta- I know this. You know this, but what do you, you know? know, it's like you've got kids, or yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a tragedy, but you know, I just I have a lot of friends who you know, they're divorced and, you know, they're engaged or, you know, they were engaged. They're not anymore or they're remarried or, you know, I just, I think there's a lot, there's just a lot to that. And I think I think about that. Let's say who's buying your books. But also too, I think, you know? I think that there are a lot of more books being written nowadays because people have, again, had the conversation and yeah. discussion and have said to the authors, I want to read about someone more in my demographic age group wise because i'm sorry as a 20 year old and you know (laughs) in an internship the of that when i did those i was not in an office with a billionaire they did not look like that uh the the people in the office and none of that happened and so please don't even get me started (laughs) i tell you how much i hate pretty woman no yeah so that's the one negative thing i'm gonna throw out there just because it's i can't i just that's, that's my, like, you know, I hate it starting with the title yep. and going from there because yeah. it's like what you're saying. And now it's, you know, it's part of, it's part of a, a tour package. You know, Dayton's got the Schuster Center and the national tours come in and they do some wonderful stuff. We, but I traded my, my pretty women tickets out for respect, Aretha mm-hmm. Franklin. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, don't, I don't want to, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, it's like, do you, it's like you're talking about, you know, Oh, here, let's put yourself through college by prostituting yourself and you're going to meet Mr. Handsome and he's going to take you away from all of this. Let's make a musical out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where there are certain things that were ahead of their times just because, again, the conversation was being had at least. Other things are going realistically. The likeliness of a success story coming out of that kind of thing is very unlikely. And we also never want to shame anybody either for sometimes having to do things to get by. No, not but at thing, all. But things like now they're having characters that are plus sizes or curvy, you know, and that's the other mm-hmm. thing too that they're still working on as far as you, a curvy girl can get the hot guy, you know, and things like right. that. And right. uh, and right. and there's nothing, you know, on tour toward and things. Like, and that's where I think the, the romance community is starting to grow significantly mm-hmm. more as far as the different types of books that are out there. I mean, hell, I mean, we have aliens with multiple appendages. So why not curvy oh, girls? Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> why not the curvy girl people come on we got aliens and that's like that's you're, right. you're falling for it what about the curvy girls please uh, I know. <laughs> you know i know or the lumberjack boys you know hey it happens but it, it's getting better and i think that as we continue yeah, to I have think the dialogues and the conversation it will just continue to go there and as also as long as we're promoting those authors too that are writing these stories yes you know and that's the yeah. other thing too that is important yeah, absolutely. The other thing too that's important is not to always be working mm-hmm. because life is short. Yeah. You know, all work, no, no play is, you know, makes for a boring life. So when you're <laughs> not working, what do you do for fun? <laughs> um, well, I have two German Shepherd dogs. So, um, and we've got this wonderful nature preserve called Glen Helen in our town that I could walk to from my house. Nice. So I spent a lot of time walking mostly leo he's he's the four-year-old and he's got the most energy birdie's 10 she's almost 11 and um like she's a slower you know just a slight kind of just follow her around but you know walking them and then you know it's a really nice neighborhood too there's a riding stable close by and country roads with another riding stable so that's that's a lot of that talking to my girlfriends i've recently connected in a really, really good way with several friends who have known me for a long time. And so that that's become really important. Just making sure I mm-hmm. I'm chatting, I'm talking like an hour or two, you know, like old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, my, my um, son is a hockey player. And so I can't believe I'm going to say this going to be like his last season playing hockey. He's been on the ice since he was like five, but he's going into a senior year in high school and hockey. You know, he already had a few scrimmages this summer, but it, the practices start up next month and then games. I mean, he's going to be playing games from November through like early March. So I'm like, I'm just a hockey mom. I just, that's my most fun. It's just going and hanging out and watching him play. You know, mm-hmm. watching him practice, watching him play. So, cool. Is yeah. he planning on continuing it um, after school, or is he not? No, no. It's yeah. it's a pretty competitive. Yeah, you know, like anything else. Yeah, it's pretty competitive. Okay. Uh, and it's interesting. The school he goes to, he goes to a school that has a hockey program because not a lot of them do, especially in Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's mostly like Massachusetts, Chicago, Minnesota. You know, where there's a lot of hockey. Canada, of course, New York. But none of the kids, so he's been on the team for two years. No one has gone on. And a couple mm. of them, they, they could have. I mean, they yeah. were that good, you know. But, like, one of them, I'm thinking, who just graduated, he's got, just gone to Georgia Tech for engineering. Nice. Um, he could have gone anywhere for his brain or for his skating ability. And his mom said he really just wanted to be recognized for the brain aspect. Nice. So he's, you know, I think he took his hockey bag with him. You know, I, I told my son, I said, you, you know, you'll get to school, you'll figure it out. And maybe yeah. somebody will be like, Hey, there's an intramural. You, you always have the scale. You've got the equipment. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you want to jump on a men's league. Yeah, exactly. You know. There's so many opportunities now yeah. for stuff like that from a more hobby perspective, but even, you know, competitively wise but just more for fun of sorts you know yeah not necessarily leagues but yeah i'm glad that he's doing that it's it's definitely some of those things that are some of these sports are specific to the region 
the mm-hmm. fact that Florida has a hockey t- team is just mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great though? It's kind it's of great, great that we do, like, wow, but yeah, I'm going, you okay, know? you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, my, when we lived in Michigan, one of my friend's husbands at the time was the, uh, he was in recruiting one of the assistant coaches and in recruiting for U of M. So I kind of got to know a little bit there and about just the competitive aspect. And, you know, and, and I mean, if it's, if it's girls hockey, forget about it. It's like, oh, yes, you know, we Sam, the, some couple girls that he played with when he was younger in club hockey, one of their parents, I mean, they're both retired veterans. We live, we live by uh, the Wright Patterson air force base. So there's a lot of military families and, you know, what both parents are both retired, but they, I mean, they were driving their daughter all over the place yeah. out of state, you know, just, just to play tournaments or, you know, two, three practices a week, you know, an hour, hour and a half away, you know, Columbus or Cincinnati or something. And then college, you know, it's uh, the girls get recruited again from, you know, Canada or overseas yep the olympics overseas you know so it's so competitive it's yeah it's definitely a commitment mm-hmm. that's for sure but yeah i mean there's a lot of fun stuff that you get to have though outside the booth yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah there's yeah i am gonna have to figure out what a lot of that is it'll be opening to new fun stuff when my son goes off to college next year. So mm-hmm. there'll be that time in those moments where you miss them. Um, but then you also realize that, you know, there's a different type of energy and there's a quietness to it. Mm-hmm. My kid still lives with me. And, uh, but I've had friends that that have had that and they're, they're now going like, yeah, it was, it was hard at first because you're mm-hmm. used to the go, go, go having the kid around and, and you don't stop ever worrying regardless of how old they get or anything like that. Right. But but also it becomes a time for, again, like you were saying, self-discovering and mm-hmm. realizing what you like and not. And that's also how sometimes the community of romance has started is with the you know, women that now have the time to potentially read a book versus running around and hockey, you know, oh, games yeah. and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. And so also how a lot of the writers started too. And like, they're like, oh, I, I had the time because the kid was off to college. And so I thought I should get back to that book I was thinking about mm-hmm. writing 20 years ago. I'm like, well, good thing you did. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The other thing too yeah. that I love doing here on the podcast to get to know the guest is play the game of two truths and a lie. Oh yes, I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'm ready. I did my homework. I did. I'm ready. Yes, yes, yes. That's a good thing I give you guys for the homework. It's always like, hey, can you be my guest? And by the way, there's homework. <laughs> you see how I am off the top of my head. I'm like, and then this guy. Oh, what was his name? What yeah. was his genre? <laughs> I don't know my name. I don't. Uh, who am I? I'm dead in the water. So yeah, yeah. homework is great. <laughs> yes, that's good. But I always find it interesting how it gets played as far as the, the options that you guys provide and how you say them and how you select them. So it's always a fun thing. So if you're ready, you can tell yeah. us your three things about you and your figure out which one's the lie okay ready yep okay i play the cello i drive an electric car i play chess says the artist that does a lot of things and it's an environmentalist okay great um <laughs> <laughs> damn it um these are good okay hmm. are they? Uh, yeah okay good yeah well i mean i'm thinking of them yeah, it's just one of those things where all of them is possible and plausible, you know, why not? Um, and other things I'm going, hmm, okay. Uh, is the drive an electric car the lie? Nope. Oh, good. 
Okay. Then play the cello. Yep. You got it. Okay. Yeah. I play chess with my dad, my 83 year old dad in Oklahoma. I play on a chess app with him every day. Oh, nice. I lose to him all the time, but I was like, let's play again. So yeah, Yeah. he taught me when I was young and his mom taught him. And so yeah, big chess player. Nice. Also cool that you drive the electric car. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. uh, my son has my Honda element that's now 11 years old that he ripped the back seats out of Well, they come out of course um, it's all of his <laughs> hockey stuff yeah. you know but I loved that car and so I just like oh let's just go browse I ended up getting a, a Volvo XC40 recharge and it only gets about you know 200 220 miles on a charge like I got a state with it you know one day I think we'll be there hopefully where all the gas stations have like the you know charging station yeah exactly and they're not they don't take forever Oh, goodness gracious. I freak out sometimes about not having the charger with me when I go to events. Like you'll see me at a lower with like four or five power, you know, things attached as far as when (laughs) my battery goes low on the phone, I can just plug it in because it's like, like, where is an outlet? Did I bring the right cord? I can only imagine that intensity of like, oh shit, the battery's going to die. The little electric car. Or car. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I'll tell you though, I really... I really like it. And I really like, um, like I, I go, Oh gosh. I'm like the whole thing with the gas, gas yeah. prices on that. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's grown on me. Mm-hmm. It's grown on me. Yeah. I think that as, as long as we continue to have places for the charging to uh, occur, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't trust more... it. Even like you can map it. So like I was going to St. Louis and St. Louis is about a six hour drive. And so I, I like, you know, map and it shows you like where the charging stations are on the way and about how long, you know, it's going to take, well, it put an extra hour and a half onto my drive. And anyway, we were talking earlier about like how we get stiff as we yep. get older. And I was like, well, I, you know, but then I just don't trust that like, I'm not going to get there to that Walmart or whatever. It's going to be like out of order, or there's going to be any other car sitting there that somebody's left for eight hours, you know? And it's like, now I'm sitting there and I need, you know, I, I just, I don't trust it that way. I wish because it's a really nice ride. But. Yeah. I'm the girl that will put, uh, will pull up her tank and drive for like when I've gone to Atlanta or Savannah. And as soon as I hit that half mark on my tank, mm-hmm. I'm like, when, where's the gas station? Oh, me too. Uh, to, yeah. to refill back to the full. And sometimes there were times where my husband or whoever I was writing was like, but you already have, you still have half a tank. And I go, mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. I don't know where we're going as far as uh, availability for gas stations. And I'm not going to get caught off guard in a gas station where, you know, nothing is there except for tumbleweeds and, yeah. you know, zombies can come out at any moment. <laughs> That's right. Like I'm that, that way about time. going to the bathroom. Yeah. Like if I have to, if I start to feel it, I'm like, I got to go. Is it an yeah. emergency? Yes. Because I have too many times like, well, I'll just hold it till the next thing. And then there's a traffic jam yeah. and I'm yeah. sitting there and it gets worse. And I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I'm just like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Certain <laughs> things are not worth it. And others are just a matter of just peace of mind. I mean, there was that one time, was it must've been, I think it was savannah or atlanta or even in the the routes very similar for for, from where i'm at and i had to stop for gas because i was a little bit under that halfway mark and the map said 
gas station at the next exit. So I get out and I'm going, where is it? And then the, the, the map is telling me make a left. So we did that and everything. And it's literally an abandoned gas station um, and there was nothing. There's, you know, trash on the floor. And my husband's like, so before the zombies come out and attack, I might want to get out of here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go to the next one. <laughs> so- oh my gosh. Yeah. You're right. Yep. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. Well, yeah, and there's nothing around either except for the highway and right. trees. So we're like, right, yeah, right. we're not going to risk this. It's okay. Right. And if you were almost on E, you know. Well, yeah, it was a little under the half mark. Yeah. And to me, that's enough. And that's enough, right? Yeah. More than enough. Right, before right. I'm like, no, I got to go get gas. Yeah. So it happens. Well, before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? Yeah. Um. So I'd mentioned the Pet Mystery Series books and that's those are by uh, linda o johnston um and you said they're on pre-order now yeah yeah beaglemania hounds abound i love the titles beaglemania hounds abound and the more the terrier i know i love those um so yeah those were a lot of fun and then there's going to be more books to those Mm-hmm. There's uh, seven total. And then I talked about the Cass Leary legal thriller series. So Burden of Truth is the first one. I just did book 10, Cold Evidence. And that's by Robin James. And then an author who I've, I've, I think I've narrated all but one of her books under her pseudonym, Carrie Ann King. I just did, and this is a, a co-narration, and it's called Improbably Yours. And it's just a lovely little, um, a lovely little fiction read story. Uh, the heroine is 30 and, you know, she's got this life that's kind of falling into place that she doesn't really want, you know, a fiance and a job and, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. and her grandmother who died when she was like six um, on her 30th birthday, she left her this request it comes with this treasure map that she actually drew as a kid um, to go to this island and find the spot where she's supposed to bury her ashes and so that's the whole book you know and it's it's just lovely this little created island and the people and the journey um, yeah yeah and it's uh, called improbably yours and i think it comes out in october okay yeah Oh, lots yeah. of fun listens for us um, audiobook lovers. So that's great. Well, and I should, so I, I mentioned yeah. Ruth Cardello. So uh, the Barrington Billionaire series, I'm going to be working on that next. Loathing and Landon. Melody Ann. Um, if you look my name under Melody Ann, you'll see, you know, what I've narrated of her work. And then, a, a what do they call themselves? The author's uh, clean romance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that title. <laughs> What's it? So what would you call like just it's it's a light, light romance? Well, see, the, the whole thing with the clean part is that the 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 sex scenes are not existent, they just fade to black. And you know, there's nothing except for maybe making out, even then that's light. It's almost like a hallmark, hallmark moment. Hallmark, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we could work on finding a different it's different uh, because then you say, well, then something's dirty. And right. Like, it's just that negative face, connotation you know, on the opposite not, of the yeah, clean. So but yeah, yeah. That's what I was asking. I don't know yeah. what but but so I'll just forget that. Yeah. Romance author. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Elena Johnson, and she also writes under a, a pen name, Liz Isaacson. So I'm working on a, a little series of hers as well. 
and uh yeah and i i've i've done another series for her that's that's really nice so cool yeah so i did give some props to some romance romance authors yeah no i mean it's just a abundance of different genres that you've narrated in and so we there's something for anybody that listens to audiobooks, which is one of the lovely reasons I love books in general is because of yeah. that, that anybody can pick up, whether it's the, the memoirs and the biographies, but the self-help books or the culinary books and the romance, and then all this other stuff that falls underneath it, that there's a story for everybody and that right. everybody can enjoy it regardless of status or, you know, technologies and, you know, where we're at. And so we're very fortunate as well that we have that ability to do it. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Terry, for taking the time to hang out with me what? today. It's been a Are pleasure. Almost. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping you for afterwards a little bit. But in the meantime, um, it's been such a pleasure um, for talking to you and getting to know you. And I'm looking forward to hanging out at Allure. In I love your voice, too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's such a great voice. So, yeah. I am. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Thank you again, everyone, for hanging out with us. I will be including uh, Carrie's social media accounts, as well as all of some of the stuff that's coming up for her in the post over at Viviana Enchantress, the books for you guys to check out. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening. <laughs>